0: This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. This podcast was recorded on traditional Denizal land.
1: Before the piece, I'm your host, Jenna Moreland, and I'm here with my co-host and producer of the podcast, Trey Lapashinsky. Hello,
0: hello. In today's episode, we chat with Jerry Atachi, a former chief and counselor of Doig River First Nation for a total of 45 years. We talk about his hard work with the Montney Claim Case, where veterans were given a stake in the mines on Doig's land. We touch on his upbringing, being from a line of leaders, how traditions and culture have been lost, and how communities are working to keep them alive.
1: Yeah. And, and normally we always have like quite a few questions prepared for the interview. Um, and this one, we r- honestly didn't even get to half of them. We had so many questions for him and then questions came up during the interview. Uh, so there was lots to talk about.
0: Well, the funny thing is the brunt of our questions were about the Montany claim and Jerry just went right into it. He yeah. didn't even set him up. He just started talking. About I think it. he
1: knew what we wanted to talk oh, yeah, about. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Um, yeah, so there's still a bunch of questions for Jerry. Obviously, we want to have him on again. He's very wise. And, and what you'll hear in the podcast is he talks very slow. It's like in a, a thoughtful manner. And he would like just, like I said, take a topic and run with it, bringing up stories and experiences. And it was very easy for Jenna and I. We essentially just sat there and listened. Yeah. Which, talking with you know a lot of indigenous communities, a lot of people... That's what you do around elders. You sit there and you listen. Yeah. And we had a few questions in there, but it was just awesome. Like at one point, we were, I would look over at Jenna and I noticed both of us were just like attached to every word he was saying. (laughs) It was, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. And I cannot believe how good he was pulling out name and dates like from the 50s. Like it was nothing. I, I, it was amazing. I mean, I can't even remember what i did yesterday <laughs> he's like
0: i think it was 1954 uh no actually nope that was 1956 like yeah. he, he was like correct himself on the specific date
1: and we also had trail ako there with us the entire time during the interview um he is an apprentice drummer and the cultural heritage liaison at the doig and um yeah it was great he he wants to kind of sit in with us on some of the podcasts so uh, it was a it was a good good time out at the Doig. Yeah,
0: I I love hanging out with Trail. Yeah, um, you know we don't really know what it's gonna look like yet in the future, but you know he might just come around for the podcast recordings. We might have him come in and, and ask a couple questions, and he's also working full time at the Doig, so. I mean, we're going to see how that looks in the future, but hopefully you'll hear some more of the trail. We definitely still want to have him and Sam Mack go on to talk about um, drumming. Drumming, yeah. So that will be a future episode for sure, for sure.
1: And speaking of future episodes, so uh, there's going to be a little bit of a change (laughs) happening here. (laughs) Uh, EnergeticCity.ca is growing, which is great, uh, but... That means I'm going to have to take a bit of a step back from the podcast. Um, and yeah, it's not like official, like I'm never coming back. It's just for a few months mm. just to kind of take a break um, and focus on what I have going on here at work.
0: Yeah, it's just a hiatus. Um, you know, Jenna does a lot for Energetic City. I mean, we, we both do, but her hands are tied on, on a lot of things. And this is just a decision she had to make. Um, so I'll be doing the podcast going forward by myself, but hopefully when if Jenna has time, she'll come in and, and record these intros with yeah, me.
1: Yeah, you haven't gotten rid of me just yeah, yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, not yet. I know.
0: You're always going to be around. But as for the interview portion itself, um, that will be mainly myself and um, hopefully Trail, as I said. Um, hopefully he comes around. Um, so instead of me crying, because I'm, I'm going to, getting right into it, how you guys reach out to us, especially when it's just me doing the podcast. I want some feedback, guys. I'm going to harp on that every single time. Email us at beforethepieceatenergeticcity.ca for any comments or story ideas you have. Uh, we know you're listening. Mm-hmm. So please, 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 please send us on any ideas you have. Um, I think for last year, we had a total of 46,000 downloads on the podcast. Yeah, I think
1: it was yeah, just That's a lot over of
0: downloads. Place. Email us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and follow us on social media. Uh, Instagram is at Before the Peace and Twitter is at Before the Peace underscore. Or, of course, you can follow us at Energetic City.
0: Now it's time to get paid. We should probably have an actual song in here, but like, I want to do it like... A, like a jingle? Yeah, like a jingle. <laughs> like it's a game
1: show, right? Maybe. Now it's time to get paid. Maybe we should ask Troyer if we can turn his his uh, his... Little tagline into a into a jingle. <laughs> I wonder if you'd like that.
0: You should try it as a jingle right now.
1: Um, this podcast. This podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, go on to the regular line.
1: <laughs> this podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Troyer Ventures. Troyer has been serving our community and the energy industry with tank and back trucks since 2000. They're built on the principles of hard work, service, and community, and they are proud to offer the financial support to make this program possible.
0: If you want tank and back trucks, <laughs> go to Troyer Ventures. No, okay, no, it doesn't work. Also, shout out to Epscan Industries, who are known for building excellence safely.
1: (laughs) Marshall, please let us know if you like that one.
0: (laughs) All right, guys, let's get into the episode with Jerry.
1: You've spent 45 years of your life as chief and as counselor of Doig River First Nation. What led you to being chosen? Um, well at both positions really.
2: No, my my uncle, my grand my great grandpa, chief attaché. He was chief. He died in nineteen eighteen. Flu came, wiped out a lot of people. And nineteen about nineteen eighteen Chief Maudney died too. And 1919, they elect new new chiefs. Chief Sakone became our chief Fort Saint John Beaver Band, and Joe Absasson, and then a guy named Jetney. So Chief Sakone was our chief between 1919 to 1952 when he died after 1952 they have every two years election two years and uh, about that time 52 55 somewhere around there my dad was a counselor jack aku and then my grandpa john davis was chief chief sakone was my uncle married uh, my my mother's sister, and then my dad was a counselor. My grandpa was a counselor.
1: So it's in your blood then? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) And I spend more time with the elders. I don't spend time with the young people much more with, and I go to the meeting lesson. I and I met uh, fifty we were start re- we were start reading a little bit. But after we lost the botany reserve nineteen forty five, for five years we didn't have reserve. So they took us to uh, Crown Land up in Peterson Crossing where you just came through. Mm-hmm. So they opened up a school there, nineteen fifty.
1: And sorry, when were you born? Nineteen
2: forty-eight, October okay. twenty-nine. Yeah. Okay. I was born uh, north of Cesa Lake, a place called Siphon Creek, or Spiritual Rock, is Tato as they call it. So I was born there in a in a teepee. Then we spent ten years at Peterson Crossing, nineteen fifty to sixty, and. In the late sixty I tried to uh, try to uh, look what because way way back the elders said, what happened to the land money they said, Motni. Motni was appraised for one hundred and twenty-five thousand but they sold it for seventy thousand. And growing up down at Peterson Cross, some ranchers, they said, you guys are rich. The other farmer said, rancher, you guys got ripped off. <laughs> that got me confused. Hmm. Where is the money? And how did we get ripped off? We got the reserve, 1916. 18,000 acres, 1916. And sometime in the late 30, 38, 39, 40, the oil company want permission to do some exploration. So we gave them permission and they got a permit, and which was good, and we lease it out for grazing the money goes back to the pot. Between nineteen forty and forty five they want that reserve for return veterans. But the Indian agent at that time he said it's not for sale. There's about between nineteen forty and forty five there's about maybe 10, 15 letters that went to the Ottawa. It's not for sale. Finally, somewhere June 1945, Dr. McGill was a minister of Indian affairs. He said, please, don't sell it. The Indians were going to have education. They're going to have school there the railroad will be coming to Fort St. John. Please don't sell it or lease it or in a part, he said, because we take out all the documents when we start the the lawsuit. And Mikhail retired July 1945. So they speeded up and sold it September 16, 1945. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So this is the Montany claim Motney, case, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Then it wasn't transferred until on 1948. Everything finally. 1951, they had oil there. I think Imperial Oil. They said, Who won the mineral rights? They wrote a letter to Indian Affairs. They said, We don't know. They wrote back. For a long time, while they were talking, and they didn't let us know, our leaders finally they gave it to return veterans, forty-two farmers on the mineral rights, and in the late fifty, mid fifty. Some of the elders said, "What happened to the land money?" And when it was sold, they had $10 each for two years only. After a third year, nothing. Then they said, what happened to the land money? I remember they talk about that. But nobody said anything down at Peterson Crossing. In the, in the mid 50, in the early 60s. I heard this, you guys are rich. You guys got ripped off. I wanna look into it more. And that was it until 70, when I became a leader. 74, I became counselor. 76, I became chief. For Blueberry and toy, we were still together. We split up in the 77. And sometime, a book came out, Peacemaker book. All the local people, for St. John Rose Perry, Goodloe, They show Pineview, the reserve. It all surveyed It says, 1951, the mineral rights which add to IR 172 were forgotten, they said. Today, 42 farmers own the mineral rights. And when I see that, then I thought, we got to look into it. We were farming out here. Not enough that we used to move our cattle around one day we were we were branding cattle Indian agent the new Indian agent came Johnny Watson his name and I want to talk to you Eto'o. so we. I think we went for a walk. I Me and uh, the ranch, uh, ranch manager, Nick Dick Davis, he said, I see you guys tried to farm, and you were doing good, but you lost a good land, 18,000 acres, mineral rights and everything. You might have a good case, he said. That's what I want to meet you about, he said. I told him. So the following week, we and band manager, Margaret Davis, Dick Davis, her husband. We went to town. We got in. We went to his room. We have coffee. I'll show you something, he said. He took us to another room here, about eight feet long, four feet high, papers. This is all motley. you run with it, son. I'm gonna get out, he said. So he
1: was helping you?
2: Yeah, then he got fired. A lot of staff got fired them, And then we hired a local lawyer, Gary Collison. Gary went to Vancouver Research, four days, $4,000. And we need money for the case. We started looking, traveling all over. Fort Nelson, Edmonton, Williams Lake, Prince George, Edmonton, Calgary, PCL Trust. These bands out there all over. But nobody got money. And finally just a small band across the border helped help us out. With that we started doing research. Start interviewing the elders. 16,000 pages. Uh, 17 weeks I do discovery. Half of it over here across the old man's office. The other half down on water Street, Vancouver, Gastown. And finally, we got everything together. We went to court January 1987.
1: So up until this point, who was profiting? Was it the veterans and yeah, Imperial veterans, Oil?
2: Veterans, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Huh. And that was a long, hard battle. We went to court 1987, January were never finished till April, 40 days later. We lost eight months late limitation, came into uh, BC 1974, and I think over 30 years they throw it out. We were eight months late because we're looking for funds for the case Then we appealed it in front of three judges, 1992. Three judges, one black judge, two white. These two, they threw it out, but that Julius Isaac is named judge. Color guy. How did the veterans end up with the mineral rights, he said, was that question? We appealed it to Supreme Court. So we went to Ottawa 94. This time, it only took, I think, four days. Waited, waited until uh, July. That's when we were were in court. I think November. We had an office across the river, old building. Long distance call. Pick it up here, Harry Slate, lawyer. We won, he said. <laughs> Send me. Everything I tell them. How how did it happen? Ten judges, six were on our side, four against against us. During we're doing discovery, we tried to track down a guy that took surrender, Jack Grew, his name, Jack L. Grew. They said Jack died long time ago. Government lawyers keep looking for Jack Grew. One time, one night, eleven o'clock at night, Ontario time. Jack Grew is this Jack L. Grew? Yeah. That you took surrender in 1945. Yes, he said, Saint Catherine, Ontario. Oh, goodness, you found him. Still alive, yeah.
1: So you were doing all the investigative work for this? Me and the lawyers. Okay. Yeah.
2: And the lawyers flew out with government lawyers to, for when they do interview, two government lawyers sit there too. They say object to a lot of things, but we just keep going. And he was told six months before Indians are after you, they going to sue you, they told him. He was scared. He remembered everything except September 16, 1945. Uh, I got no recollection, he said. I, I, We video him. Yeah. I got the video. Yeah. We got all the Supreme Court video. I got it so, that was uh, we, did they vote, they told him? I don't remember, he So, vote.
1: I just wanna clarify, so the, the, him surrendering, what is the significance of that? Like, what is, can you just explain that? Like, what what about him did you need to help
2: the case? We want to know if uh, if people talk about mineral rights. Oh, okay. And those things. No, it wasn't talked about. Yeah. And one of the top judges there, uh, Bev, Beverly McLaughlin, She just retired not too long. She sank. The first judge was Judge Addy, George Addy. He was a veteran, Second World War. So he really against Aboriginal people. He was for the veterans. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Berger, he's the one we hire. He's the one that took it to Supreme Court. Thomas Berger just died two years ago. Yeah. You. You know anything about Thomas Berger? Berger is a top top judge. He became a judge and he stepped down and went back to law. The Mackenzie Inquiry, uh, Berger Inquiry, they call, it up there in Northwest Territory. Okay. In the late '70s, he was. He spent the whole whole year out there with Eskimos, hunt and trap with them, and then he was a lawyer, good lawyer. It's tough when you don't read, you don't speak English when two two parties don't understand each other, it's hard. It's tough. That's what happened right from the beginning. the communication. yeah, yeah, right from the beginning. Nobody understand each other. Even right up to in the 50. In the 50, people hardly speak English. Really bad, I remember. Yeah. And it's tough. And when I became a leader, I tried to communicate with Indian agent in Fort St. John. I go to the office. Then weekend, we had a few, few drinks, me and uh, Johnny Watson, any agent. Nothing wrong with that. But back to work, it's different, different story. That's what happened with this residential school. They don't understand each other, both sides. So they took the kids, tried to change them to speak English, if they don't speak English, they get strapped for that. I've seen it in the fifty out here uh, You try to explain, but you can't you don't speak too good, so you get strapped for that, or you stay after school mm. yeah.
0: So going going back to the Montney claim case so like if there was that communication between the veterans and the First Nation do you yeah. think it would have been completely different if they were to like lease it like that was a possibility where you guys were more so mad that they were taking all the money from that land when it could have it was your land it could yeah. have been leased for those rights yeah okay
2: today FY was a leader that time, 1945, I'll tell them, 18,000 acres. We'll sell it for 150,000. We'll keep the mineral rights. You give us three reserve, 6,000 acres, Blueberry, Beaton, and include including mineral rights on those three reserves, too. That's how I'll put it. Mm. Yeah. In the future, land clean. Mm. That's how I'll put it, me. And they've been told that was war years. They're going to throw a bomb in Fort St. John, and then all motley will be all people will be killing Martin. That's what they told them. What? Really? Yes. According to uh, me, one of the elders, when we interviewed them. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Unreal. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. They're Jesus. going to drop the bomb in Fort St. John, and then... Pow. And Judge uh, Lawyer Thomas Berger, he told me, If you dig it out in the 50, they might just throw it out, he said. Good thing you dug it, dig it out in the 70. Things start changing in the late 60. There's seven bands out here. Fort Nelson were the, the only one that start to exercise their rights, what their right is. Fighting back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And in the affairs scared of them. Mm. Uh, I remember when I became a leader Harry Dickey was a leader chief in Fort Nelson. Him and his son Angus they used to come out here and visit me. After they leave in an agent what What did Harry said? They said <laughs> Harry didn't say nothing I tell. Then Later, George Bain was the chief there, late George Bain. Uh, they, were, they were ahead of the other bands. And I remember a Cree guy from Wobima, he's working out here for uh, legal aid. He told us uh, one time, you guys, 20, 25 years behind the other band he said then I told him just wait we'll get back here and I will uh, come back in 20 years I told him <laughs> well, I mean, make sure <laughs> he I succeeded told him, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so email, email Simon his name uh, I like to track him down and bring, bring him back here Uh from the
1: start, like, when did it start, and then when did you finally win the case? Like, how many years
2: were yeah. you working on it? Nineteen, uh, About 1976 till 1994.
0: Wow. Yeah. So almost 30 years. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. 20 years. 20 years? A oh, court know case have. altogether, 22 years it took. Oh, 22. Court, yeah, a yeah, yeah. court okay. case. Wow.
1: And did you go to a residential school?
2: No? Indian Day School.
1: Okay. Peterson Crossing. Okay. And you learned English there?
2: Yeah, a little bit. And then we, uh, when I became a leader in the 70s, <coughs> we took uh, leadership training in Northern Lights College, Dawson Creek. Okay. Yeah. and. They give us a camera, and then we speak. You write down what a report you're going to say, sports, weather, or who did this, and look (laughs) at the camera and read. Take that shyness away. And I took a lot of, I took uh, life skills training, we all have s- uh, low self-esteem and shy, and those really are the things that we s- people struggle with. I remember they say bad things about age A&H, and he's no good, crooked, and then he ripped people off. When he come to the meeting, nobody said nothing. So. That's confused me, to other things. Yeah.
1: Like the politics of
2: things? Yeah. Yeah. And what I learned is uh, just don't beat around the bush. Just tell them the truth. You got rights. Mm-hmm. We, when we were in court, I just talked to the, the way it is. I took the map. This is where our trap line and then everything. And what it looks like in the fifty compared to in the eighty. It's way lot of lot of change. Yeah.
1: So how do you think it would look differently today had the had the veterans and you guys communicated better like how do, what do you think things would look like like do you think you would have gotten further earlier like the nation itself with more money had you had the had you been able to lease and, and do all the things that you wanted to do
2: no we uh, we could have been the richest band in bc mm. yeah and they did the same thing to Kamloops for return veterans, oh. but they fought back and they never sold it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: And out here, we could have uh, did that. Mm. And uh, it's, I don't know what happened here. I, I don't remember my uncle, Chief Saccone, when he died. I remember, I remember him feeding us I don't remember what he looks like he died in 1952 I could have been four four year old up in the cabin out here I remember in the floor there's a plate there and he put some uh, you know those puff wheat Mm -hmm. yeah in a plate for us, and we eat that, I remember. And I don't remember what he looks like, but he feed us that, yeah. He was our chief, yeah. And when the elders testify, they said, we told them, did Chief Sakoni speak English good? No, they said. Did he write? No. Most of the things, they put their X on it. Yeah.
0: So it almost seems like the First Nation w- nation was taking a, taken advantage of because yeah. you guys didn't speak
1: Yeah. English. Yes.
2: Because
0: like, there couldn't be that communication, yeah. so they just yeah. almost assumed or just went ahead and did it anyways yeah. because you couldn't communicate your frustrations yes. on it.
2: I'll okay. show you some newspaper here that came up way back in the sixty, a guy named Simon Flynn, he was the last teacher at Peterson Crossing. By that time, we all moved out. And he wrote a lot of stuff down in the newspaper. So with that he got fired by Indian Affairs. Yeah. And I remember we spent time with uh, that school teacher, Simon Flint, and I remember me and Charlie Oaker, we, he had a big tent right in in the floor in his house, and there's a light inside the switch. We sleep in that tent, I remember. He told us one of these days, you guys were going to finish school, going to start read, read, and then you got to learn your rights. You got a right, he said, to this land. This is your land. Doesn't belong to white people. It's yours. And uh, your, they didn't treat you right, he said. The school where you guys go to it, this old log building and wood stove outhouse outside. You guys should have a good house, running water, lights. You guys were rich one time, he said, Martin Reserve. Big big reserve. I remember he told us that. And one of these days everything will gonna come to surface, he said. Yeah, what's going on here? How you've been treated? You're not going to be down forever. every said, "It's going to come up." And do you feel like it's all come up now,
1: or there's still more? Still more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we've just scratched the surface. Yeah. For the past yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Yes.
2: And it's people can get away with a lot of things today you can't which is good yeah then what kicked in today is the drugs they start killing our people mm-hmm. just last week a young guy 26 year old and last last fall another young guy from here they gave him truck and then uh, he truck kill him nobody said nothing about we we need to talk about those kind of things uh,
1: well mental health is a huge struggle for a lot of people right now but there's so much more, more. involved with the intergenerational trauma and and yeah. i mean you even talked about like not having the ability to hunt properly like when you want is even connected to mental health
0: mm. there's just yeah. so many different yeah. factors yeah here, yeah
2: yeah Yeah, we we need to talk about that more, more, yeah.
1: So I watched um, your retirement, and I say retirement in quotations because it seems like you're still kind of working a little bit here, but I watched your retirement video on YouTube, a little bit of it, and there was a slideshow of a bunch of different photos of you, and you look kind of like you're the silly one a little bit in a lot of the photos, (laughs) but there was some really good photos of you sitting around a campfire telling stories And I was wondering if you could tell us a campfire story that you would tell at a campfire.
2: Campfire story is out there. You can't do it in here? Okay. Okay. (laughs) You can talk about story here, but it's not... uh, It's not the same. It's not the same until you're out there.
1: So will you tell us then where does Frozen John get the name and some of the other ones in town that you know of?
2: Frozen John was, uh, there was a store at the Fish Creek, it's a trading post. Uh, there was only one, one log cabin in the timber. So they called it Katakwa. That's how they got it, yeah. that's what they call us. They call us lots of names. Another name before Katakwa was, uh, they call us Chetlakwatane, or grass goes to the river. Peace River was running in the prairie, they said. Like prairie, no trees, nothing. Mm-hmm. You look this way, mountain, and no trees, just running in the prairie. Look what they call us, yeah. Grass, grass to the water, people. I used to take old late Charlie Dominic to town, and I want I want him to tell me more stories. So we take that back road, that North Pine road, and modern to what he remember he. He talked about that and he laugh. <laughs> Some funny story, he said. Good story. One time, winter time it was this cold, he said. So JBC and uh Aku, Sammy's Aku Dad, they went down to the store, uh, Fish Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crossing was over there at, uh, on the west side, west side of Motney Reserve. They came across and going to uh, to the store, and they went this, over this hill, Frozen John Hill, they call, and they seen a horse tied up there with harness. Another horse out there looks like laying down and to the right-hand side over there, somebody wrapped up in a canvas. Canvas? Covered with snow. So they never go near. They keep going, and then when they got to the store, they told the storekeeper. One horse over here standing, the other one down, and looks like somebody in a tarp out there too. So they came out there and hardly found Frozen John. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, Slim Burns. Uh, he and uh, his book Old Trails, Old Cowboy Slim Burns. There's a guy and uh, there's a guy and in, in Fish Creek store we he used to have a store we used to call him honest John, he said. <laughs> 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 Could have been him, yeah. 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 So that's that's how the uh, the store storekeeper found the body. I don't know, what's his last name, John? Frozen John.
1: And and there's a reason why the totem mall, like that area it, what How did the totem mall, I guess, get its name? Like, why is that area?
2: Do you know? Totem mall was uh, that's not that's not our name. (laughs) We don't believe in totem totem Mm. pole. No, Uh, Matthew Park that was our camping ground. Our camping ground one time. Mm -hmm. There's a spring there, water. Yeah, every year according to the elders, every year they come out, out here north of Motney, north of Charlie Lake, north site. They come down to Snyder Creek. They fish. They camp out there. Then from there they move down to where the Charlie Lake store today. Hmm. That was a camp there before the Alaska Highway.
0: Oh, I remember hearing
2: about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. And... When the elders testified, they said there's about 50, 60 teepees, 200 horses. They said, after from there, they moved down to Matthew Park today. You guys call it Matthew Park? Mm -hmm. That was our camp. Interesting. Before town. Hmm. Then they go down to the river, that old fort store, and they, in the summer hunt, they go across the Peace River, Kiskatna, and then down to Rio Grande Smoky River back, Grand Prairie, Spurred River, Tree they call it, and down Tachekwa, uh, Dunvegan. Mm. Mm. They come across. They go all the way up the river, shoot bears in the hill back to Martini in the late fall. They turn the horses loose, change it to uh the bog and dog team. Then they scatter follow the fur bearing animals. There's a trading post up in Lake Lake Post, Chinchaga Lake. Today they call it Chinchagali. There was a trading post there too. And these fur traders, they used to go to each community. They fight over who's going to get there and get the fur. Fur was good money. Uh, A lot of ranchers and farmers that I I talked to In the the 60s, 70s, they said, Aeneas are the only ones that got money. This was a Depression, years in the 30s. In the late 30s, early 40s, Aeneas were the only ones that got money. And fur was good good money. Today, it's not worth it. Today, you wanna trap. Gas costs lots of money. Skidoo, too. groceries too and uh, the link might cost just hundred dollars or maybe eighty dollars and uh, it's not it's not worth it in a 50 we sell squirrels for 40 cents each when we were kids but uh 40 cents was lots really yes and in a 50 57 58 59 you you get ten squirrels that's four bucks, and you can work five dollars a day picking roots for farmers. In the in the sixty, hmm. yeah.
0: Roots and squirrels. Wow. That yeah. Sounds like, that sounds like like a childhood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and
2: way before that, they got ripped off. They they had long barrel. They ha- they have to stack their beavers same height, then you you take the rifle and then they take the fur. And how much that costs when they sell their fur, I don't know how much that that costs. But they say it have to be same, same height. They stack it up. One rifle. Wow. Yeah. I, oh. I remember one old guy in the 60s, up here, uh, he visited with my grandma, and then they talk. I hear them. He said, way back, he was born in Driftpile, Alberta. He ended up over here in Duncan Reserve, north of uh, Fairview. He said, when I was a kid, I was waiting in line, he said, to sell for her. Line. His turn came. He threw this big link over the counter. He said. In return, they gave him small trap. A trap, one. He's a he said, and then we start laughing. My grandma just laugh. Is that all they give you? Yeah, he said. <laughs> and uh, how much that link costs for that little trap? That trap might be uh, 50 cents or in those days, maybe 40 cents. For the whole link, big link too, he said.
0: We were talking about um, you know mental health and some issues stemming from different factors, but I know one of them we mentioned was the loss of certain traditions. How, are, how is the First Nation trying to keep those traditions alive uh, in this age?
2: We, we can't go back to the dog team days, pack horse, sleigh, saddle horses, uh, try to live off the land. We can't, but we need to get, tell them where they come from. It was tough, tough. Uh,
0: it's just telling those stories yeah, of the history yeah. to keep that alive. Okay.
2: But we were, we, we I can't tell the difference. I was more happy that way. Uh, when I was uh, 12, we were coming back from Clear Hills, Alberta. We were north of Goodlough Camping. And it was raining. And we lost one horse. We got to find it. We can't leave the horse there. So we made fire to dry up. I stand away from the fire, and then my, my pants got fire. Hmm. Caught fire. I wore nylon socks, and Sammy... Was behind me. He tried to rub it like this, instead of <laughs> 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 he rubbed that thing right against my skin. That oh no! That nylon, oh, long socks. Yeah, it, it sticked to my Ow. skin and then pulled it right out, and uh, I still had a, I still had a scar here. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh, but gosh, that adventure. I cut my pants here. No, no pen and nothing. I just put bare grease there. I trap, trap. Before Christmas, I made sixty-eight dollars from squirrels. Sixty-eight dollars was lots of money in nineteen sixty-one. Yeah. I I bought underwear, jeans, jacket. Just about all my clothes. Still some money left over. Uh,
1: I was going to ask you about, because it's quite recent, but you're a part of the Elder in Residence Program at Northern Lights College. Um, What is that experience like and why do you think it's
2: important? No, they want to learn. Yeah. I I like somebody want to learn. I don't want somebody just to ignore say what the heck was it? Heck was it? Uh, It's too late or it's uh, who want to know about the past? But the people, they want to know more about Aboriginal people. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell them
1: and you you like telling stories right it's yeah. it's a, like a part of you yeah. it's
2: yeah. a true story yeah yeah not not something uh, not something i read about it i live it mm. i've seen it yeah.
1: and so northern lights college they have a large number of international students who may be hearing stories like this for the first time what was the reception like from those international students
2: Mostly immigrants, mm-hmm. just about all. Yeah. Those you didn't see long time ago. In the sixty, they say way back in the forty, only one one Chinese store in Fort Santa Cafe. Mm. His name is Mark 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 Waugh. Only uh, on that main street where's the C I B C Bank on this site? Yeah. That was his uh, restaurant there, Mark's Cafe, they call it. Uh, he was the only Chinaman there. And uh, we, bacon and eggs cost 99 cents, hamburger, steak dollar and five cents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now it's so diverse. Yeah. Like you go to the college and it's, yeah. I mean, there's so many international yeah. students there. Yeah. And yeah. so that must be so different for you. Just like seeing Fort St. John yeah. go from what it was to what it is now.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, i often thought what it's going to look like in 50 years. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we have Trail Echo on <laughs> with us now, and we we're gonna see if you wanted to ask him a few questions, or if you have just one question for Jerry.
2: So I really like listening to these stories, like of how things were back in the day when you go to town, how school was for you. I guess I want to talk about like, like Indigenous identity, like um, with like even with trapping. Like I grew up in town, so how how could I, as like a young Indigenous person now, hold on to that identity, like? I know I do the drum and stuff. Yeah. And uh you can you can pick it up in no time, yeah. It's uh, uh I thought uh, that's what I'm gonna do maybe tomorrow or something. I'm gonna make a caster. Beaver caster for bait. And we all learned. We I scanned my first beaver. I made a lot of holes. My dad said, keep on going, one of these days you're not gonna make a hole. Same thing like skinning moose. When I skinned moose first time, they, uh, this is not the only one you're gonna skin, he told me. You're gonna skin lots, he said. They were right, I skinned lots of moose. I skinned lots of beaver, a uh, link too squirrels, mm-hmm. we, we skin squirrels. Skin it and then we uh, stretch it. And next morning they're ready. Then you run up to the store, that old Peterson crossing. There you sell your squirrel and then you have money in your pocket. Yeah. I remember I trapped with my grandma down at the river after she sold her fur, and then she did good. She bought uh, pork chop, potatoes, onions. She bought beans, a lot of stuff. We came back down down the river, and then uh, she cooked. She cooked. She fried pork chop. And then we eat," she told me. "If we just lay around here, no trap, we're not going to eat," he said. She said, <laughs> <laughs> which stayed with me the rest of my life. So, with that, I, I get up, and trap, or hunt.
1: So, how how does someone like Trail who lives in Fort St John but he works out here at doig how does he learn that about his history like is it just by stories or or by story or we can experience take them, yeah take them
2: out yeah yeah even uh just back over here how to make fire in the bush oh, okay yeah we uh we used to trap west horses too and uh sometime nine is thirty thirty five once you get used to the weather, you're not going to get cold uh, c- because we spend more time outside than inside. Furnace, outside we spend more time outside. Then we could uh, go to town with riding boots, t-shirt, and a shirt and the jacket. That's all. Yeah. But today. I'll, I'll freeze because we spend more time in the bush. Yeah. When you said uh, mental, mental, mental health. Yeah. Uh, those were unheard of. Yeah. I'll show you my grandma picture. No, my auntie, my dad' oldest sister. She died in nineteen seventy-five in Blueberry, hundred and eighteen year old. Hundred and eighteen? Hundred and eighteen. Oh! Oof. Yeah. Bela Bela Yahweh Bela Atachi Yahweh Wow. Yeah. I'll I'll next time I'll I'll give you uh, the picture. Mm-hmm. Presby to wrote a book and she's in there. Oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hundred and eighteen. She's the The history in Canada doesn't mean nothing to her. That's what it it says. She was part of the history. Yeah. And her mind was just straight. I seen people 98, 97, 99, 100, 102 years ago. Their mind was just no. Mental, whatever, whatever you call it, yeah. It sh- their mind was sharp. Sh- sharp, yeah. 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 And, uh, Bela, yeah, she was Charlie Yahay's wife, right? Yeah. yeah. She's 20 years older than Charlie Yahay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I wish I uh, bring that book They mentioned Queen Victoria, all those. Wow. Yeah. Federation Canada. Those things mean nothing to her, they said. She was, they used to just eat in the floor. In the floor, they put a tablecloth, food, tea there. That's what they eat. Mm -hmm. They eat in the, no, they sleep in the floor, mattress. And we spend a few nights with the man and Sammy about 1973, I think. We sleep in a room and then out there in the kitchen, they had a wood stove. 2.30 in the morning, they make fire out there and they make tea. They drank tea and go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and up again at 6.30. <laughs> Every night. And then sometimes we join them and we have tea. Well, uh, I have a question written here for you. What does reconciliation mean to you? I. It's, it, it's going to take a lot of work. It's caused too much damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even in the 50, uh, they get strapped for nothing. Teacher used to wrestle with a guy right in the yard. We all watch. He can't throw this guy down. He gave up. And another teacher, every year they bring teacher in. One time they bring teacher from Australia. New, New Zealand, Ireland, last teacher was from Ireland, Irishman, then uh, every year different teacher from all over the world, they speak a little different. This guy from Australia, Mike, Mike. his name is Mike Tellew. I remember kicking the, one of the elder with boots He was drinking, and then uh, he said something to teachers, or teacher kicking him. And we watched that, and those kind of things make you angry. And, uh, And the first year, 1950, I don't remember, but a guy named Father Green was their teacher. Catholic priest. And The, we use our picnic every end of June, and that Father Green did some bad things. that the school teacher seen, and it was it wasn't it wasn't good. And after that, I think a kind of Father Lawrence was a teacher. Mm-hmm. After that, I think it was, uh, I remember a night a guy named John Gork. You're so good with names.
1: Yeah. I can't. I, you're <laughs> John, so
2: good. <laughs> John Gork wow. was a teacher from England, Englishman. Uh, he gave me a strap, I remember. He gave me strap right behind my butt. I remember I was bleeding, went to his wife, and then she uh, nursed me up, and she felt bad. She said, wait till John come back here, and that was it. We were 200 yards away from school, but we can't take it home. What's the use? You take it home, and then they can't do anything. people, there was a road right through that village, Peterson Crossing. The oil company stopped some weekends and then gave drinks to those people. And the people. The ladies keep us awake. Then In sc- daytime in school, you fall asleep, you get strapped for that. Mm-hmm.
1: So, how do we heal? I guess is my my last question. How do we heal as a country and and individually? Uh, What's your opinion on that?
2: We we gotta forgive. Yeah, I uh, I I learned that since I in the late seventy, I was a leader and I start. Turned to alcohol more because of pressure. Hmm. Uh, I remember George Manuel, uh, National Chief, came to visit me across. He said, You got us over up. You're suing the Queen. He said, The Crown. And I, got more under a lot of pressure. I drank lots. Then I 1970, late 70, 79 November, I resigned. I uh, visited my grandpa and then he said, you drank too much. You're going this we're going this way, and you're going that way, he said. Really hit me. <laughs> I uh, just, one time I just lay down in my house, high over, somebody knock on the door. Way back in 62. Young couple from England came to Fort Saint John. They want to learn the language, Beaver language. They want to turn that into in, in a Bible. Mm. And they wanted they,
1: to turn the Bible into like the, have our
2: it, language. Yeah. Oh, and, and in yeah. Beaver. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did that happen? They did. Lost. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a long story. <laughs> 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 and. They, uh, they got to Fort St. John, and they met some pe- church people, and uh, they prayed, where are they going to go, Blueberry, Halfway, or Dwight? And a guy uh, they stay with, he, he run that uh, uh, Fort St. John auto rick. His name is Mel Clark. Mel Clark, no chief out here. So that's how they end up in Doik, 1962. And when I was young, I spent more time at their place. Their name is Holstock, Marshall and Jane Holstock. They're in Parksville now in their 80, mid 80. Mm -hmm. Their health is up and down. In a way, Marshall came. He said, <clears throat> how are you feeling? No good. My mother passed away too last summer in August and uh, not too good, I told him. He said, there's a conference over there at Cornell, 30 miles west of Cornell. He said, uh, they're going to start this weekend, Friday. When he, that This was on Monday. Oh, I'll think about it. He said, then he came back a couple hours later. What do you think? Yeah, okay, I'll go. I said. Then Friday, we took off early from his place, man, Billy, late Leo. We went down to Quinnell, 30 miles west of Quinnell. There's a uh, revival they had, Bible conference. And that was a big battle there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night was the last day. And fine Sunday, well, I'll give it a try, this Christianity. If it don't work, I can always go back, see what happened. I went forward. I don't remember. Next thing, I was down on the floor. I think I felt this way, back. I can't remember. And boy, that was something. I got a head up of the heart coming back we were just singing and that was a turning point for me mm. today we just had Bible study last night and it says in the Bible to forgive each other if you we don't forgive them he won't forgive them they, they are gone but we uh we need to forgive, and then we need uh, we need a lot of healing. Yeah, yeah, and then we need to talk about it, not just to uh, ignore it. And we all make mistake. All oh, there's not not no one is good. It says non righteousness. Nobody. Yeah, all. We are all sinners and I've uh, seen a lot of people get healed. I see a lot of things, uh, good think, spiritual think. and it's clean. Yeah. And uh, the last few years i spent more time in the bush I go way down a river where these two rivers join. I just carry contest for protection. At the end of the road where I wanna turn around by that time sun is down. Put my gun over there. Pray. 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 I, that's what I'm doing now. So do
1: you think everybody should be spending more time in nature?
2: Yes, yeah. that's where you get healed to. Yeah. Yes. I know way back in the 60s, 60, 64 I think. Yeah, 64 and 65 when my grandma was getting up there, she raised me. When I was born, about when I was about two, my mother, got TB, and then they sent her to Edmonton Hospital. Hmm. So, my grandma looked after me, and then when my mother came back, then they sent her out again, second time. And I didn't see my mother until maybe uh, 1956. My dad went to town and came back, came back with a woman. She got a long coat on. She walked in the house, in our house, and she said, My baby, she said, Aww. she picked me up. I pushed her away. Aww. My, my grandma said, That's your mother. But I pushing her away, and then she said, My baby kissing me. And I remember that. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, but uh, we uh, there's help out out today everywhere. In my time, there's nothing. Mm. When you're down, they're gonna kick you again out there one more time. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you stay down. Today, some people will pick you up. Hey, come on. Get up! There's hope. One more time. Try. Yeah, and I
1: think that's what we all need yeah. to be doing for each other right now. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. Well, and, I- and there's the things that uh, that we need to talk about is racism. Both mm-hmm. sides. Yeah. There's uh, racism everywhere. Yeah. In the office, even in the church, it's everywhere. So we, we 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 need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's it's just uh. There's just so much shame around yeah. it. Right When I was growing up, uh, nobody talked about racism mm-hmm. because uh, we were all equal. Nobody got money. But when the money coming in, even some of the farmers told me, well, those people, we used to go to their house and they come to our house. Now they got lots of money and they don't visit. <laughs> 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 they got no use for us so uh whether we're rich or poor but still you know we we need to at least say talk say hello how are you how are you feeling mm-hmm what? Really bad. D- yeah like Clarence was
1: talking about it yeah yeah well we're we're about at that time where uh. we need to end the conversation unfortunately uh. but i i'm so thankful that you you chatted with us today and told some stories and and i'm excited for everybody else to hear it because i think we need to be talking about it more
2: yes it's uh we need changes Mm -hmm.
1: well thank you very much sherry and thank you trail for coming on sure you guys subscribe to before the peace using your favorite podcast app or at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts
0: if you have any guest or program idea email us at before the peace at energeticcity.ca